Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To that show They tried to get rid of me I shouldn't say that <laughs> Nobody tried to get rid of me They thought they got rid of me But I'm back baby How y'all been? It feels good to be back man I know it's only been A week or I guess two weeks Since the last time we spoke Feels good to be back though. So listen, let me start off with an apology. Um, I apologize for for not dropping the episode last week. So I'll give you a a, a quick a quick quick a quick explanation as to why. A um, couple things happened. Number one, um, I had to attend a funeral. So towards the end of the week, right at the time that you would be recording, I had to. Was dealing with stuff with that. Then on top of that, uh, I also was feeling sick. I must have had like some bug because I had insane body aches for like two days. Like the the AC, the fan blown wind was painful. I'll say like I had body aches that were insane. No fever, no nothing. It was just body aches. And then on top of that, uh, I had a really long honey do list. Uh, redoing some a little house renovation stuff, a little upkeep, right? Little, little makeovers, and uh, for those of you who are married, when the wife says, hey, I need you to do something, uh, it becomes priority number one. So with those three things coming into a nice little vortex of chaos, I had to take the week off. But one thing I learned, man, how crazy it is that, like, just two weeks, in two weeks' time, last week's episode, I was going to be talking about um, the fallout of the, uh, the 76ers Heat series. I was going to be going, I was going to go on a whole, I had so much prepared to talk about uh, James Harden. And now two weeks later, people kind of forget that that even happened. My, 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 how the world works. Insane. But this week, got a good show. Got some stuff to talk about. Let's intro this thing, man. Welcome, Cyber Family. This is your first time listening. I I forgot the intro. (laughs) If we're going to be honest, it's been a while. I'm rusty. Rusty, first show back. The nerves, the jitters. Ah. Let's intro it. What up, Cyber Family? Welcome back. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I'll Be Right. I am your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. Feels good to be back. Rust and all. Let's start with some quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. So I don't know if you noticed, uh, but over the weekend, uh, it was announced that um, Canelo's going to be fighting Triple G. We'll get into more detail of that later. Let me just give you a, a, a brief, quick thought on that. Um, I like the idea of him stepping away from the B-Vol rematch. I, I honestly don't think that's going to happen. I think that that's a mistake. I think 175 is probably too much for Canelo. I think he's better to come back down to 168 and be in the power seat of making other guys move up to fight him rather than him moving up to fight other guys. I respect the effort to be great. I respect the challenge. I I do. But stay at 168. It's just better for you. Floyd Mayweather was fighting uh, a gentleman named Don Moore over in Abu Dhabi, I believe. To be honest with you, I don't know where it was. I thought it was a joke. When I saw the highlights, when I saw the alert pop up on my phone that Floyd had won his exhibition, I said, what? 
I didn't even know he was having an exhibition. So, of course, you know, me, you know, curiosity killed the cat, called me meow. And uh, <laughs> so I went to check it out. And uh, it was embarrassing. Floyd needs to stop. He needs to stop. Hey, look, you're you're one of the hands down greatest fighters of all time. You had a skill that was unmatched defensively, like just athletically. The guy was insane. Okay, stop doing these exhibitions. You don't need the money. And if you do want to box that bad, spar in the gym. We don't need to see it. Now, I get it. Who am I to tell a guy who's going to make 30, 40 million dollars to go out there and beat some guy up not to do it? But come on, man. It's embarrassing at this point. Do something else, you know? Also, in the same realm, Jake Paul, I just saw an alert yesterday saying that Big Baby Davis was going to be a part of the next uh, Jake Paul event. Guys, can we stop? Jake, if you want to be taken serious as a boxer, stop having the sideshows on your card. I understand for you it's about drumming up interest, but guess what? No. You are the interest at this point. You're supposed to be the draw. You keep telling me that you're selling millions of pay-per-views and you're getting pay-per-view buys and people are coming out to see you. You don't need the sideshows. Get rid of that. Have a really quality stacked fight card with respected fighters on the undercard that'll boost your respectability, your status in the sport. Then you can claim all the credit for the draw, boost up your value, and you can get the fights you want. Stop with the sideshows. Colin Kaepernick got a tryout with the Oakland. Look at me with the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, my question is why? He's been out of the league for five years. Is it even worth it? Let me, all right, let me ask you a question. I understand it's Colin Kaepernick and Colin Kaepernick is like a hot button topic and like he deserves a shot. He deserves a shot. Well, let me ask you a question. If Tim Tebow came back and got a tryout with the Raiders tomorrow, would we be all praising the fact that they were going to give him a look? Or would you say, why are you even bothering with this guy? Because I got news for you. Colin Kaepernick, I said it a couple episodes ago. You can go look it up. Go in the archives. Look, he was never that good of a quarterback. Routinely completed under 60%. Find me a quarterback in the NFL right now completing under 60% and tell me that that's the guy that you would want. What is he like? Honestly, he did. Listen, he deserved a look five years ago. He deserved a look maybe four years ago out of the league for five years. We don't know where you've been, what you've been doing. You've been off doing your own thing. Look, praise to him. Right. He caught a bad deal. He got a bad break. He made the best of it. He, he made major differences in the world, things that are far more important than football. There's no need for him to come back, and there's no need for me as an owner to try to give that guy a try to even put him on my roster. Because to be honest with you, I think they got Nathan Peterman on the roster. I'd put Nathan Peterman in the game before Colin Kaepernick right now. What are the expectations? Now, I understand the look. Again, the look. The Raiders gave him a look. You can't fault the Raiders. They gave him a look. So even if it doesn't work out, I guess, you know whatever but i just i just think it's a waste of time at this point i think it's a show i think it's pageantry i think even if he comes out and looks good in a tryout like do you really trust him to go into a game probably not i would just like to say that uh andrew wiggins um i know he's getting a little bit of uh press right now because he played really well in the mav series i'm gonna say this i've always been a believer that a team You need more than just one or two guys. You need a team. Glue guys are essential. Andrew Wiggins and players like Andrew Wiggins are essential to a championship team. That's just the way it is. And he deserves a lot more credit for the career that he's had because he's been routinely between 17 and 20 points a game. Now, 
if you try to make that guy the lead of your team and you give him the expectations of he's going to carry us, well, then that's on you. That's misrepresenting what he is. But if I told you I got a guy on my roster that'll give me 17 to 20 points a game per year, you're taking that and you're saying that's a really good player. And it's okay to be a really good player. More on that later. I also like how uh, before the Mavs and Warriors series, the conversation was, oh, is, is Luka the best player left in the playoffs? Oh, this Mavs team is hot. They're going to push the Warriors. They, some people picked them. Some people outright picked the Mavs and said they're going to the finals. We don't care. That's it. They're going to the finals. They got Luka. They're going to go to the finals. Now, all of a sudden, the conversation starts to creep up that nah, Luka didn't have enough help. You're going to start to hear that over the next couple days as they recap the series because, you know, everybody knows at this point the Mavs lost 4-1. Got spanked. Now the conversation is going to shift to Luka needs more help. In the offseason, the Mavs need to do more to get Luka help. Listen, I got a lot to say about Luka. I made a statement that I feel like I now have to answer for. And over the past two weeks, I feel like I've only been more validated. I don't like the conversation of help, though. I don't. I don't. Because for me, for me, it's always an out. It's always a, a, scape, a scapegoat for a great player who we decided was, he's the man, he's going to do this, he's going to do that, he's going to excel, he's going to take over, blah, 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 blah. He's great. Right? So you pick them to win because they got Luka. Luka's the best player left in the playoffs. All of a sudden, the Mavs go down. They get spanked. All of a sudden, now it's like, ooh, Luka didn't have help. Luca had the same help when you picked them. Luca had the same players on that roster when you picked them to win the series. When you picked them to get to the finals, that's the roster they had. So did you pick it based on the roster they had and you thought the team was good? Or did you pick it because they just beat the Suns and you thought the Suns were, oh my God, what a team. And the way they blew them out, like you just thought like, oh, they're just hot right now. He had the same. He needed help before they got there, right? And you're, and according to you, he would have needed help before he got there. So why is it only after they lose now he needs help? But going into the series, you think they're just fine to beat that team. That's where the anger comes from. Me. You keep sw- you keep moving the goalposts. You picked Luca and the Mavs to beat the Warriors. Now when they lose to the Warriors, he needed more help. He had the same hope when it started, and when it started, you thought they were good enough, and he was good enough to overcome it. You were wrong. Just say I was wrong. Or just stop making predictions, or just be honest. I'm going to pick this team. I think the other team is better, though. Top to bottom, they're better, but I like this team. You know who did that? Me. I did that when I told you I picked the Cincinnati Bengals to win the uh, Super Bowl, right? I said, I just think they got the sauce. They got the juice right now. Sometimes it happens where a team just gets hot. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't be, but it just happens. That's saying it. The Mavs look like that team that just had it going. It doesn't make sense. They're not the better team, but hey, they got the mojo right now. That's just the way it goes. Y'all don't say that. Y'all being the sports media and all these pundits and these experts and these analysts that know everything. And oh my God, it's all a show. That's it for Quick Hits. Oh, man. Rapid fire, huh? <laughs> so I touched on the uh, 
I touched on the Canelo Triple G fight announcement. It's going to be happening September 17th. First question I'm sure you have is, hey, John, are you excited about this fight? Not really. Not really. I will be once it gets closer because I just like fight nights. I like big fight nights. And that's going to be a big one. But at the same time, um, it seems like it's too late for Triple G. But the interesting thing is, I feel like the way Canelo fought Triple G in the second fight is kind of the way he's been fighting lately, which is stay in front of you, little bit of movement, power shots, no, not taking steps back. But in the first fight, he was dancing around, boxing, moving. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch both fights and I'm going to rescore both fights. Right Now that I've been removed, I know the result. It doesn't matter if I think Canelo lost or not. Whatever. I thought Canelo lost the first fight. I don't think Canelo lost the first fight because Triple G was better. I deducted points for Canelo or wouldn't give Canelo a round because I felt like too many rounds he was dancing around. I'm also one of the few people who thought the Keith Thurman-Danny Garcia fight was a draw because I felt like in the last four rounds, Keith Thurman pretty much ran away. I'm not giving you a round if you run away. I didn't give Laura rounds against Canelo because I thought Laura would throw one, two, and then dance around the ring for a minute, and then one, two, and then dance around the ring for a minute. Just because you landed four pity pat punches to my one body punch doesn't mean you should get the round because you ran the entire time. I can't credit you for running. Canelo ran in the first fight. Canelo stayed away. Canelo tried to pit pat and then go. And when he couldn't, when he got tired and he stood in there and threw some punches, I thought he did well. But with that being said, I thought he won the second fight because I was close. It was close. Real close. So you would think, in theory, if you had two fights that were close, the third fight should be really close and action-packed. Here's the problem. Triple G's moving up in weight. Triple G's, what, 39, 40 years old at this point? Canelo is a better fighter now than he was then. Canelo's stronger now than he was then because Canelo has been building his power up to fight these bigger guys. Canelo has fought at 168. Triple G, as strong as he might be, Triple G's a little older, even in his last fight, got a little gas. And Triple G's always been take a lot of punches guy. He's got a great chin. I think he's going to take a lot of punishment. I think it's going to look bad. If you're asking me my early prediction, first thought prediction, it's going to look bad for your boy Triple G. I think Triple G gets battered. I think around the 6th, 7th, 8th round, there's going to be consideration of they should maybe stop this fight. I don't think Triple G, uh, Triple G may never get knocked down, but I think he will be visibly marked. I think it will be visible that he's he's not going to, he's not doing anything. He's not posing a threat. And, you know, it's going to be kind of like when, when Canelo lost to Floyd Mayweather, his follow-up fight was against uh, Alfredo Angulo, which was a guy who comes straight forward, not an overly athletic guy, not really a special fighter, but strong chin, ready to trade shots. It was a setup fight. It was you just lost the fight to Floyd. We need to get you back in the, in, in the winning mindset. So we're going to match you up against a guy that is a perfect style for you. Triple G is that. A guy who's going to stand right there. Come forward, guy. You can counterpunch off of. You can get back. You can get your sauce back, your mojo back. That's what it is. It's a setup fight. Get back to that. 
and then you can kind of jumpstart everything, you know, not not go into a B-Vol potential rematch off a loss, but coming in off of an impressive win. That's the setup, and I think it'll end up very similar to that, where Triple G, they'll be like, just stop the fight. There's no point. I know it's personal for Triple G. I know he really wants to win. It would be crazy to go undisputed. And I think, honestly, most people would say, look, if Triple G wins, most promoters might say, yo, Triple G winning would be a great thing. Because now it would be 1-1 with a draw. You have to have a fourth fight. And if Triple G won and took all of Canelo's belts, you got to go watch the fourth one to see if Canelo could get him back, right? So as a promoter, it's it's a... it's a win-win situation. But as a fan, I think we all kind of know what's going to happen. Do we think the judges would give Triple G a decision at this point? I don't think so. But those are my initial thoughts. Can I just say that I, uh, off topic, let's get back to the NBA. We're going to get into the NBA. This is going to be NBA heavy episode. Right? Because I got a lot of thoughts. Primarily on Luka. <laughs> So I, I just want to say that defense in the NBA is overrated as far as how effective it is. Here's what I've realized as far as defense goes. You're not going to stop a great player, no matter how good you are defensively. Not going to stop a great player from scoring points. It's just not going to happen. You tell me the greatest defender in NBA history and tell me if you think he's going to stop LeBron if LeBron's on. It's not going to happen. Everybody knows it. That's why it's called making tough shots. That's why we say Kobe made a lot of tough shots. You can play great defense against Kobe. He's going to make tough shots. So what is defense in NBA? What should it be judged by? Effort. It's all an effort game. Make the effort to make it a little difficult, a little more difficult for somebody. Rather than a wide open shot, they got a contested shot. If you got a hand coming up, I got to maybe shoot it one degree higher of an arc, and that might throw the shot off. That's playing defense. But you're not going to stop anybody. Good luck stopping somebody. So I think we need to get out of this mindset of, oh, uh, the best defensive team in the league, they play great defense. Like, look, the, the, the top team versus the worst team as far as uh, defensive rating is like six points off from each other. That's not a major difference. From the best to the worst is only six points. That's, come on. The, the truth is, is like everybody's going to give up over 100 points if you're playing the best teams. Look in these playoffs. Golden State's a good team. They're going to give up 100 points a game. Even Boston. Boston's a really good team. They'll give up 100 points. Defensively, Miami's a great defensive team. They're going to give up 100 points. Like, you know what I mean? Like, guys are going to score. Like, it's designed that way. Like, you can't stop somebody from scoring. You can make it difficult for them. You can make it tough. You can be pesky. That's what Pat Beverly is. Patrick Beverly gets credited as being a great defender, not because he shuts guys down, but because he's constantly pestering guys. He's constantly in the way. He's constantly giving you defensive effort. And that's what you need. You need it's all about effort. On defense. It's not about can you actually stop somebody. Because I got news for you. You're not going to. You're not going to. In the, in the same vein. I'm taking, a, I'm taking a huff. Because I'm trying to figure out how to get into this. Without being a hater. <laughs> so I said. I believe it was two weeks ago. I said that. Uh, 
that Luka Doncic was overrated. And I said he's good. I like him. But he's not there yet. And I I caught some backlash. Here's what I'm going to say. Let me start off by saying this. I like Luka. As a basketball player, I like him. As a dude, I like him. I like when he hits a three and he's laughing because he knows I shouldn't have made that. I like a guy like that that seems to be having fun on the court. I like that. I like Luka. I think Luka is a good player. I think he's good. I think he's I think he's really good at times. I think he's streaky, but I think he's really good. I also I also know that he's only 23 years old and that once he gets into kind of like Giannis did, like Greek freak, once you get to that 25, 26, you've been in the league for a little bit, you've been praised for a little bit, and now you realize you don't have a ring. And now the ring conversation comes up. And now you start to realize, how much longer am I going to play? I got There's a sense of urgency. I think Luke is going to get in better shape. I think Luke, Luke is going to refine his game. And then I think Luke can be what everyone was claiming he was or is now. My only problem is I don't like when you say for 10 years that somebody's great and then they do something great. And now you're like, see, I told you he's great. He wasn't then. Greek Freak five years ago was not the player he is today. Five years ago, he was all potential. Five years later, he's achieved that potential. It's very rare that guys will come into the league and say, oh, no, he's really good. LeBron James was one of those. He was one of the guys that came into the league saying he's going to be really good. And right off the bat, he was really good. LaMelo Ball, he could be really good. He ain't there yet. And just because he has a moment or a game or a stretch of games where he's playing great doesn't mean he's there yet. Luka's not there yet. Stop calling him great. Stop calling him baby bird. Stop calling him legendary. Stop calling him Luka legend. He's not there yet. He's good. He's young. He's got all the potential in the world. If he puts his mind straight, he going to get chips. Yeah, yeah, I believe all of that. He ain't there yet, and it's okay to say he's not there yet. That's what I mean when I say he's overrated. Just like Jason Tatum. I've been hearing that Jason Tatum is on the brink of superstardom for the last three years. I've been hearing it. There has been rumblings, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, oh man, Jason Tatum so good, oh Jason Tatum, uh, streaky. Jason Tatum is one of those guys who on Monday night's game is going to be great. You say, oh my God, this guy is unbelievable, superstar status. And then on Wednesday's game, five points, three of 19 shooting, like, like streaky, unreliable. He's not there either. He's young. He's got potential. Not there yet. May never get there. I don't trust him. But there's a lot of similarities between Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic. Both of those guys can be streaky. And if it's a night where they're hitting threes, man, good luck. Luka will pull up from logos and train them. And it's like, what a player. But Luka will also pull up from logos and get nothing but air. Jason Tatum will be pulling up, spin moves, back down, fadeaways, hitting everything. You think he's incredible next game. None of that is hitting. It's all all missing. Inconsistent guys that are praised for being the guy when they're not the guy yet. That's okay. Let guys grow into it, man. Why are we in a rush to anoint somebody? Oh, I figured it out. 
So I was sitting back and I was racking my brain trying to figure out why are we so determined to label someone as the guy? Why are we so determined to do it? Why does it, why does it have to be, you know? Why do we have to say that this is the guy? And I figured it out. Doing a quick little search, I just started thinking about who's in the NBA. LeBron James, the face of the NBA, the GOAT. Uh, not my GOAT, but he's your GOAT. He's 37 years old. Giannis, Greek Freak. Yeah, he's only 27, but kind of feels like there's no sizzle with the Greek Freak. He's, he's, he's in Milwaukee. He doesn't want to leave. He's humble. He's quiet. He's a little silly. He's a homebody. He's all about family. Not really, eh, not really a star, you know what I mean? Kevin Durant, 33 years old. Anthony Davis, nah, can't anoint him. Russell Westbrook, come on, are we serious? Kyrie, he blew it with the vaccination. Didn't want to get it. Trey Young, too little. Gets exposed in the playoffs. Joel Embiid, nah, he's too surly with the media. Not really, you know, the most polite, politically correct guy. James Harden, woo, that ship has sailed a long time ago. So I realize a lot of the stars in the NBA are starting to age up and age out. They're getting close to the end. What does the NBA need now? They need a new face. It happened with Jordan. Right? When Jordan was getting towards the end and you realize, man, a lot of the old stars, Jordan, Bird, uh, Magic was already gone. Clyde Drexler was leaving. Charles Barkley was getting to the end. Like all the guys, Penny Hardaway was getting hurt. Shaq was starting to come through. But you always had... The, the big names were leaving. We need to get the next group ready. That's kind of where Shaq came from. He was part of that next group. After the big guns were leaving, here comes this guy, Shaq, that we could put all the money into it. And then Kobe came shortly after that. And then you just passed the baton. And then AI came, Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady and all the stars. And they keep grooming these guys. And that's what they're doing with Luka. Luka is hyped. Luka is praised because Luka's 23 years old. Luca smiles. Luca's silly. Luca's playful. Luca will trash talk. Very marketable guy. Clean cut hairstyle. Like, you look at him. Hey, he's not good. A little chubby. You know, a little baby fat on him. You know what I mean? Not really quick. Kind of like a man's man. Every gay, everyday guy. You go to the park, you see a million Lucas at the park. Guy's not really in great shape. But he's crafty around the basket, though. Oh, okay. Kind of like Steph. Steph's not overly big. Steph doesn't dunk and high flyer. He shoots threes. Everybody can go to the court and shoot threes. I don't have to be 6'9 to shoot. Luka's being groomed to be the next face of the NBA. That's why everything he's doing is getting hyped. That's why he's getting so much praise. That's why he's getting so much attention. That's why he's getting so much love. That's why he's getting a pass. I am here to say, ladies and gentlemen, Luka... Didn't play well in the Western Conference Finals. And don't give me that he didn't have help. Because he didn't have help in the Sun Series. Oh, he did. Oh, oh, they played better then. Or maybe Golden State is better than Phoenix. Maybe they just went up against a better team. Maybe it was a better matchup. Now, you could say, oh, Andrew Wiggins played out of his mind and Looney played great. Who, who anticipated that? You know who did? The Warriors anticipated that because that was the game plan. You could see it was an effort. Look, let me read you some numbers. 
Luka shot 42% from the field. Now, listen. Don't give me points. I don't want to hear points. Leave points out of this. Because when you look at Luka and you say, oh, he had 38 points. Luka had 30 points. Luka, I don't know what he averaged for the series, but it was probably 30 or 31 points, I would imagine. And you would look at that and say, man, he needs help. And I would say Luka shot 42%. 42%. Luka shot 34% from three. Do you want to know what the team shot from three as a whole? 37%. So as a whole, the team shot 37% for three. Luka shot 34%. It seems like he's right in line with them. The team as a whole shot about 42%. So did Luka. Luka wasn't far and away the best player on the court. Luka wasn't far and away the best player on the team. Luca played in line with what most everyone else did. Right? Game one, three of ten for three. Game two, five of ten. Game three, four of nine. Game four, three of eleven. Game five, three of thirteen. That's kind of what the team did. 18 out of 53. Like, what I'm saying to you is Luca didn't play so exceptionally well. That if he had another superstar, it would have been over. It wasn't Luka or Bust. The team played bad. So did Luka. He shot 42%. Is that good? Is that good? See, my problem is, is I watched for years Carmelo Anthony get trashed for being a high-volume scorer. I, I, I heard for years, yeah, Carmelo Anthony will get 30 points, but it took him, you know, 25 shots to get it. And I would say, huh? They don't really talk about that anymore, do they? You want to know why? Because that's stupid. Because if I score 30 points, but mine are all twos, it's going to take at least 15 makes. So if I shoot it 30 times, you can't say, he got 30 points, but it took 30 shots. Dummy, it doesn't matter how many shots. <laughs> Stupid. That's kind of like yards per attempt in football, where it's like, what do you mean yards per attempt? If I throw it three yards to a receiver, he runs 80, I get credited for an 80-yard pass. I didn't throw it 80 yards. My attempt was only three yards. I'm going to get credited for 80. Stupid stat. How many points you get off of how many shots is stupid because you don't get points for shots. You get points for makes. And if you shoot a lot of threes, you'll get more points than you would shot. Like, it's just stupid. If I shoot one of two or one of nine, but I have 35 free throws, you're not going to say, oh, man, it only took him nine shots to get 35 points. Like, no, come on, man. It's stupid. It's a stupid stat. It's, just, it's, it's, it's stupid. But I heard it. I heard it for years. But guys that I like, guys that I thought were really good, but they kept bringing it up. Yeah, but he takes a lot of shots. He's not efficient. He's an inefficient scorer. But what is Luka? Is Luka not the same? Does he not take a lot of bad shots? Does he not airball a lot of shots? Does he not get a little reckless in the lane from time to time? Does he not take bad shots at bad moments? Does he not turn the ball over? Does he not miss a lot? Dude shooting 34% from three. Is that good? 
That's what I'm saying. So if I told you a guy was going to shoot 42%, 34% from three, do you think he's playing well? He's real close to being under 40%. He's about a miss or two away from being a 38% from the field guy. Luka, for his career, is a 45% shooter. And do you want to know why? Because he takes too many threes. Oddly enough, I think that's the reason why they lost the series to Golden State. Well, that and the fact that Golden State is better. I do think Golden State is a better team. But it cannot be ignored that the Mavs took too many threes. They hunted threes. Want to know how many? And did the math. 55% of their shot attempts were three-point attempts. 55%. 55% of the time they were taking a shot, it was a three-pointer. They made 223, no, 223 of their 406 shots were three-point attempts. 55%. Put it in perspective, Golden State, 37% of their shot attempts were three-pointers. The Mavs attempted 223 three-point attempts. Golden State only attempted 153. And Golden State is the team that was considered to be the ones who revolutionized three-point shooting in the league and made it like a real thing. Because in what, 2014-15? They went on a barrage, started shooting threes. Everyone else followed suit. So the team that, quote-unquote, invented it only takes 37% of their shots are three-pointers. 55% of the time you shoot, it's a three-pointer. You're just hunting threes. Look at these totals. Game 1, 48 attempts. Game 2, 45 attempts. Game 3, 45. Game 4, 43. Game 5, 42. 55% of your attempts. And you shot 37%. Golden State shot 39% from 3. Here's the problem. If you're taking that many 3s and you're only shooting 37%, you're going to miss a lot. That means I'm coming down. If I'm Golden State, I'm coming down, I'm getting a 2. We're up 2 nothing. You come down, you get a 3. We're down 3-2. I go back, I get a 2. 4-3. Right? You come down, miss a 3. I come down, I make it. 6-3. You come down, miss a 3. I come down and make it. 8-3. Now I got a lead. You see how that works? Even when you hit a 3, it's not 8-6. You've only hit 2 shots. I've hit 4. Over the course of a game, I'm making more shots. I'm getting more points. Even though you're getting an extra one, I'm getting three. I'm getting six points to your three. You can't take that many threes. I understand that's the way the league is going. The league shoots a lot of threes, but they were hunting threes. They were literally driving the basketball strictly just to be able to pass it back out to three. And then they would kick it around from three. They'd come down on a fast break and search for the three-point line and jack up a three. You can't win that way. Not against a better team. Against Phoenix, who would match you with threes and would do that same nonsense? Sure. Against Phoenix, a team that is was a little banged up, a little older. You know, Chris Paul kind of, you know, ran out of juice. You got Devin Booker, who could be streaky at times? Sure, that'll work. But going against a team as smart, as skilled, as educated, as with the veteran leadership of Golden State, that's not going to work. And they didn't change it. They didn't change it, and the ringleader of it all is Luka. I don't think Luka needs more help. 
I don't think that. Well, I shouldn't say that. Let me let me take a step back. They they can get better. They're not there yet. They can get better for sure. But I don't think the reason they lost is because Luca didn't have help or the team wasn't what they. Golden State was better. Golden State has better players. Right, but they also had a game plan. They also had a strategy. They also had an idea of what they were trying to do and what they were trying to accomplish. Dallas was just jacking up the 55% of your shots with three points. That's entirely too many. And it wasn't like one game they shot a bunch and then the other game they didn't. Every single game, they were taking... There wasn't a single game in the series they attempted less than 43s. And you only shot 37%. That's a lot of misses. It's a lot of long rebounds. It's a lot of fast breaks. You got out-rebounded. You shot way too many threes. You shot worse from three-point percentage. Recipe for disaster. So I will say again, I like Luka a lot. I root for him. I signed with the Mavericks in NBA 2K to play with Luka. (laughs) Right? We going for a three-peat. Me and Luka, bruh. I like Luka. I just don't like that he's crowned as like the guy when he's not the guy. He's not there yet. He's not there, and that's okay. Let's enjoy the process and the ride. And when he gets there, we'll say he's there. It was an argument for a Greek freak where for years people said, is he the best in the league? Is he the best in the league? Is he the best in the league? He wasn't there. Then he got there. Got to the finals. Played his arse off in the finals. The guy now. He's the guy. Even in the series against Boston this year, they lost, sure, but he's the guy. Don't rush it. So as you're listening to this, I don't know, maybe you're listening to it before the final game or game six. I'm calling it the final game because I think Boston's going to beat Miami tonight. I think it's going to be a Boston-Golden State series. When it happens, when Boston plays Golden State, which, look, I picked Boston. Sure, I picked Phoenix, but, you know, sometimes I'm right. 50%. (laughs) I'll take it. When Boston does inevitably get to the finals and go against Golden State, what it's going to be is can Jason Tatum become the guy can Jalen Brown become a guy can Marcus Smart be the guy it's going to be fun to watch let's enjoy the ride let's not make it too serious let's not be so beholden to the idea of this guy's a star superstar all that's out the window man it's 2022 Luka's not there yet. He's not the guy yet. It's okay. He might get there. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll always just be like a really good player. And that's it. There's nothing wrong with that. I like Luka. Luka, I like you, bro. You got to get in better shape, though. A little too... Little too uh, nah. Got to be smarter with shot selection, too. And uh, they got to they gotta, they gotta change up the strategy of the team. Can't be so three heavy.
that's my time, y'all. Look, I'm not gonna hold you too long today. Listen, next week we got OTAs, right? We got NFL OTA camps are starting up. Colin Kaepernick may or may not be in the league. Who knows? Listen, next week is another week. Look, I'm not leaving y'all. All right. I didn't I'm not debating ending the show or whatever. I told you last week I had a bunch of stuff going on, but I'm back now. And it's a little later. It's Saturday instead of Thursday. The schedule is Thursday. New episodes every Thursday. Uh, follow me on social media. Um, at, right now it's the John Farris on all social media platforms. Uh, follow me on there. I'll be posting updates in the event that this ever happens again where I have to switch a show or push a show back or do whatever. I'll let you guys know. So follow me on there. Again, the John Farris on all social media platforms. You can get all your updates you need for the show. I thank y'all for supporting me. I thank y'all for coming back and checking back this week and not giving up on me. We back, baby. Next week, we're going to have a lot of stuff to discuss. Maybe some new news. Maybe some NFL news. We're going to have the, uh, the, 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 the NBA Finals set. We'll get it in the deep dive predictions on that hope you guys have a blessed week enjoy yourself see you next time